Sports Predictor Podcast. I am your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, that's on Twitter at PredictorHQ. On tonight's episode, we got Chris Dawson back with us. I had to break down this week 16 slate of NFL games. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Once again, that's on Twitter at Cash Gritty. So before we get into week 16, how did week 15 go for you, Chris? It was a miserable week. Way <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, some weeks are like that, but uh, truth be told, miserable week. Um, didn't have a play on Thursday night. Passed on that one. Sunday, uh, all three of the uh, money line underdogs I was on, and also uh, lost money line underdog on Monday night, and um, one in three against the spread, so one in seven week, uh, miserable week. But we still have a couple weeks left, and we are still in a uh, prime position to have this season end profitable. So uh, lick our wounds and move on till the next one. Yeah, I hear you, man. Remember that uh, that fantasy matchup that I was, you know, we were talking about last week. Ended up losing by point three seven in that matchup. So you hate to oh, hear boy. that one. But uh, and then you know it was kind of frustrating too. Is that had a nice little one o'clock window there, uh, you know, in the NFL games, and then the FanDuel Sportsbook for whatever reason uh, was down. Like I think it went down like three forty five right before the four o'clock slate. I had a uh, I probably would have went two and one there. I, I had a really nice play there that I liked with Arizona money line. And, uh, you know, that certainly uh, was uh, nullified. Just wasn't able to do that. And, of course, lost wow. lost on the Steelers. Of course, when the book got back up, uh, I yeah. ended up taking the Steelers lose. I'm like, damn it, you guys. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, we are on to week 16 here. Uh, actually, you know, before, you know, I always like to ask, you know, since you watch the film and everything, uh, any major takeaways that we had from last week? Um, I, I I wouldn't necessarily call it a major takeaway, but a pretty disappointing performance by the Colts um, with their season on the line against the Saints. It was um, it, it was pretty apparent that uh, they had already decided that the slim chance that they still had to survive just I guess wasn't worth fighting for, and um, it seemed to be that way right from kickoff. So you know, just a little takeaway there. I was kind of kind of surprised to you know with the Frank Wright and the coaching staff being very consistent since he's been there and, and seeming to always be prepared for the next game, um, even at times when they don't look good. But um, it really looked like uh, their just heart wasn't in it. So it was kind of surprising. Yeah, definitely. You know, Drew Brees, uh, it seems like he's always got a record on the line in Monday night, you know, so uh, having him go there. And then 29 of 30, obviously something that, that hurt the – Hurt the Colts there as well. Yeah, and it's not taking any way, anything away from Drew Brees, but you know, right from the game, it, it wasn't just the players on the Indianapolis side. I was kind of surprised by how much um, how much zone they played early on, especially with you know it's well known Drew Brees' stats and everything else playing good zone defense, and allowing Mike Thomas just to you know kind of run wild on against the zone is a bad idea. And, um, it kind of seemed to me that the organization as a whole just didn't really take the week to prepare. So. Maybe I'll shop in for like Christmas gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into uh, Week 16 matchups here. So pretty interesting. Uh, doing a little throwback here. You know, I remember growing up as a kid. Uh, every now and again, you'd have that Saturday slate full of games, and uh, 
you know, the NFL really treated us to, to a nice trio of games this week. But uh, we do kick it off by Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting uh, the Houston Texans here. Texans are favored by uh, three points in this one. Total. Uh, initially opened up here at 53, went down to 49. I had to look into this a little more. It's because we're expecting a boatload of rain in Tampa on Saturday early there. So that should, that'll certainly have an effect there on the total and the game. Uh, also bucks, obviously Mike Evans got uh, put on IR and it looks like Chris Godwin's not going to be available for this game either. So, uh, major losses there for the Buccaneers. Is that going to be, uh, the death blow for him this week or do my boys have a chance? No, I, I think that the way they've been playing over the last couple of weeks should definitely give us the insight that, you know, they're out to prove something. Um, they're definitely playing very competitive. They come in with very prepared and well game planned. And we should also keep in mind that the Texans have a look ahead at their rematch yeah. with the Titans uh, to end the season and, and, I really think that the Buccaneers are going to hang in here tight. Um, I haven't checked the line before we started, but the last check it was Buccaneers plus three. I think that's money in the bank. Really? I like that. All right. Now with the rains, you know, being, uh, being expected to be there on Saturday, uh, it probably means that Tampa is going to have to go to more of a running game. Uh, any, any uh, worries there? Yeah, well, they don't run the ball well. Um, I really don't think they'll they'll go to a running game even even in the rain with Bruce Arians um, against this Texans secondary. So, and we, we spoke a lot about weather last week, and um, not to say it's not going to rain, but trying to find an edge on a, a weather forecast this far out is harder than finding an edge on these NFL games. So, um, I, I would be leery of anyone who is playing the total just based off of the weather. I think if you're someone who is able to, you know, handicap weather conditions well, you're best off to probably wait till at least Saturday morning and, and make sure that it's going to be uh, what they say it's going to be. Yep, very true, very true. Uh, all right, so we got that one locked down there. So let's move it on to the midday matchup. And this is a dandy where Bill's Mafia Rolling into Gillette Stadium to face the Patriots. Patriots are, I've seen different, I've seen six, I've seen six and a half. Uh, total of 37 and a half on this game. This is, this is pretty big. You know, obviously the Bills were in prime time there on Sunday night. They came through uh, for the fan. It was pretty crazy. I, even the fans were uh, waiting for the Bills back at the airport uh, when they got back. Pretty damn good crowd that they had on hand there. But uh, can they do it on the road or yeah, do it on the road for the second week in a row. Well, when I first saw the look ahead, I was kind of leaning towards the Bills. Um, some of my concern is that they have, even though they're they're still playing for a better position, um, possibly even the division, I still think that because of as big of a deal it is as it is for that organization and clinching a playoff berth, you wonder if there's a little bit of an XL um, with them coming into this game just as human nature you know it's hard not to be uh, excited and kind of feeling like you've already accomplished something so I don't know about the bills right now coming in um, to New England and covering the six and a half and on the flip side I um, usually don't really get good reads on the Patriots um, as a favorite 
that's usually a position where I'm looking to go against them or just stay away. And this is a similar situation. Um, I'm not really feeling the bills plus the points and not wanting to lay the Patriots here either. So more than likely, this will be a nice game for me to just watch and uh, possibly jump in at some point. Um, You know, I like to talk a lot about trying to predict the flow of the game and waiting to jump in at a certain time. But I don't even see that on this. I think this is one I'll have to just, you know, watch and, and play it as it comes. And if there's an opportunity uh, some point in game or halftime, we could have a play there. But um, nothing pre-kickoff. So uh, I kind of, uh, well, not misspoke, but the information has actually changed a little bit here on the total where, uh, you know, when I did the notes last night, we saw it at 37 and a half. But now it's actually dropped down to 36 and a half. Any interest, you know, in, in maybe taking the over there? Because that is a key number there with 36 and a half. Uh, a 20 to 17 victory would obviously get us the over there. But uh, do you see a position to take there in the total? Or is that 36 and a half sort of telling of the game that we're going to see? Well, it's kind of telling of the game that we're going to see. I also, you know, because of how low it's set, I would still shade a little more towards the over. If the Bills maybe get down early and we see them start pressing the ball against the Bill Belichick defense, we may see a you know a turnover or um, a pick six or something like that 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 could definitely get us there. So it, it's uh, it's pretty tightly set if you ask me. We could also easily see this game being played very tight to the vest um, by the Patriots. We can already expect from what we see in the Bills offense they're not real explosive and they don't attempt to be real explosive. So wouldn't shock me either if we're sitting there in the fourth quarter of staring down a Patriots 10, six game and the uh, over better is not having much of a chance. So I think it's a pretty sharp total. It, it's, I don't have an edge on it, but um, I'm sure there's somebody out there who, uh, who may have um, something one way or another, just not me. I tell you, I've never been more excited to watch a 10, six game in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, true pure football enthusiasts like the defensive games. I mean, honestly, I, I'm more intrigued and, and seem to be more focused and locked in on the edge of my seat on those ten to six games on points that are premium compared to you know like last year's um, old Rams Chiefs where they I don't even right. know how many points they scored, <laughs> but it, it just. You know, there's something about those games that it's hard to be on the edge of your seat because, um, you know, it's going to keep flipping back and forth compared to those real low totals where, you know, points are at a premium and a team scores. And, and um, you know, that could possibly seal the fate of the uh, opponent. All right. All right. Uh, let's take it out west for the nightcap where we've got the Los Angeles Rams at the 40, or the San Francisco 49ers. Niners, uh, six and a half point favorites here with total at 45. Rams obviously, you know, had their uh, their hopes and dreams dashed last week with that tail kicking that they got in Big D. Niners with that uh, that very close victory, or I'm sorry, with that very close loss uh, at home against Atlanta last week. Uh, Julio Jones getting that ball in the end zone by a well, not in the end zone, but on the end zone line uh, by a centimeter there by NFL rules. That is a touchdown. So. With that, uh, you know, the Rams knowing that their season's over, no playoffs for them, and the 49ers knowing that they need a pretty big victory before heading to Seattle next week. Uh, do you like the Niners here with plenty of motivation? 
I'm going the other way. Okay. We can make this another free play as well. I, I locked it in, sent it out to clients yesterday. Um, I got the Rams plus six. All right. Now, from a psychological standpoint, you know, the Rams, even though they're out of it this year, we still kind of consider them in that elite powerhouse um, type framework of a team. I think that they feel like that about themselves as well. So I do believe that they're going to come in and play competitive. Uh, one other edge I see with them now with nothing to lose, we could really see Sean McVay be um, very innovative and, and go deeper into the playbook and, you know, come in here and look to shock the 49ers. Uh, but the, my biggest point about this game here is, uh, I think the 49ers could be in a little bit of a mental look ahead at the Seahawks next week. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously that game is, uh, you know, could very well be for the number one seed out there in the NFC. And, you know, again, with all these uh, wonderful teams that we got on the NFC landscape, that could certainly prove to be a, a huge deal. So uh, interesting, interesting to go with the Rams in that one. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they still got that high powered offense. Now, what do you think about last week, right? Was that more... Was that more of the Cowboys winning that game, or do you think that was more of the Rams, you know, choking in that big scenario? I think there was a bottled-up Cowboys team that finally um, exploded and played to their capabilities, caught fire really quick at home. Uh, the Rams just weren't able to ever really get momentum on their side. So um, I was on the Rams last week. You know, I I – was a little hesitant because I did expect this Cowboys offense to break out sooner or later. Um, I just had it envisioned being uh, this upcoming week against Philly. Uh, also was expecting a little bit of a look ahead, but, you know, got to give credit to the Cowboys. I think they really came out and handled business um, on their end and, and the Rams just weren't able to respond. All right. All right. Let's get to the Sunday uh, slate of games there. Now what's interesting here in the one o'clock window is that, We've only got three games with playoff implications, so we'll certainly break those down. And afterwards, if you have any thoughts on any of the other games, we will get to those. But uh, I definitely wanted to start with this Saints at Titans matchup. Obviously, both teams with a lot to play for here. Uh, Saints three, uh, three. Yeah, why can't I talk? Three point favorites at the Titans. Uh, the total is at fifty and a half on this one. What do you like in here? We'll make this one the third free play for the for the podcast. We're pretty much going to give the card away for Christmas. So, oh, that's so um, nice of you! Oh my goodness! And this will this will be our only uh, money line play for the the week as well. Um, and I like the Titans to to beat up on the Saints at home. Um, Titans playing their second game in a row at home um, did not look real well against the Texans last week. I also have a a feeling that the Saints, again, after last week's um, Drew Brees party and easy victory, maybe they come in a little lackadaisical against a very, very physical Titans team. Um, Drew Brees, of course, is elite everywhere he plays, but uh, this will be outdoors, and, and I think that helps maybe slow them just a bit. And I like Mike, Mike Frabel's overall defensive scheme, being able to get uh, some stops against the Saints. I don't expect them to uh, hold them under 20 points or anything like that, um, but I do feel like the Titans' offense will score enough to beat the Saints at home. Yeah, I was pretty interested, uh, or it was pretty interesting to see the, the opening line on this uh, in some spots. 
I know the uh, the Saints were only one point favorites, and then obviously, again, as we see with a lot of teams, you know, the winner of Monday night or Sunday night, you know, you see their line jump up massively. So the Saints, again, two points, uh, you can call it massive if you will, but um, yeah, I thought that that was quite telling right off the bat to see, uh, you know, to see the Titans as only one point underdogs in that one. So certainly agree with you there. And, you know, one thing I kind of have this somewhat correlated um, with the Saturday game with uh, the Texans at the Buccaneers. Although I took the Buccaneers plus the three points, I actually expect them to win that game. So I think that'll just add extra fuel to the fire for the Titans. If if the Texans were to go down, the Titans win. We're looking at playing for the division next week. Um, so that's kind of my angle there too. But, you know, even if for some reason the Texans get past the Buccaneers as the sports books are predicting. Um, I still think the Titans come out and beat the Saints on Sunday, but um, if the Buccaneers are able to upset Houston, I, I think it just adds even more validity to uh, some motivation for the Titans at home. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, Duck Hodges and the Steelers traveling to my neck of the woods here in Jersey to face the Jets. Uh, Steelers are three-point favorites in this one. Uh, we saw the total go from 39 to 37 and a half. Probably not expecting a lot of points either way you crack this down. But uh, Steelers is three-point favorites. That's a good spot for them? Um, I just can't really trust Hodges on the road this week to take the Steelers. Um, it is a big game. You would expect they're going to show up, especially – with their you know playoff fates up in the air and them going to uh, end their season at Baltimore next week. Also, not really buying the Jets right here. We just have no idea where they're at or you know how prepared they'll be coming into this game. So I, I won't have any bet on this game. Um, because of the low total, one thing I'll be looking for, if the Steelers are down, I'll say 13 or more points at the half, um, I'll be snooping around that second half over. I definitely expect it to be set, you know, well below 24 points, most likely in the 20 to 21 range. And if the Steelers are down two scores and because of the importance of the game, I would expect them to finally uh, take some shots on offense and open things up and possibly produce some points. So for that game, I'm not doing nothing up front looking for the Steelers to be down 13-plus at the half. And if that's the case, then I'll be pulling the trigger on a second half over. So uh, already expecting like uh, an 80% uh, yellow towel crowd already at, uh, at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. So this is essentially going to be a Steelers home game already. So yeah, I think it's worth being noted. Um you know, not last week against Baltimore, but overall the Jets defense has played very well against the run. Right. And that's, a, you know, another red flag for me with the Steelers, uh, with the quarterback that they're playing with and just really their inability uh, in play calling to really open up the passing game. It's just the curiosity of the see if the Jets play with defensive effort. And if they do, I think the Steelers offense can really struggle. I like it. All right. Last one on the one o'clock window with playoff implications. I I screwed this up on the on the notes. I put, well, if the Browns were ten point favorites against the Ravens, that'd be something. But uh, yeah. no, uh, we got the Ravens as ten point favorites here at the Browns of uh, the total of forty eight in this game. Uh, Ravens now they have clinched the playoff spot. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't clinched home field yet. Correct? Um, no, I haven't clinched yet. I think I think a win 
this week would do it, but don't quote me on that. But no, they haven't clinched. Okay. So, yeah, so interesting to note here. Obviously, uh, Cleveland won outright in Baltimore early this season. Uh, and again, I mean, everybody's probably down on the Browns after last week, you know, losing at Arizona. So, uh, 10 points at Cleveland. Is this too much or can the Ravens cover that? Well, I don't think it's too much. Um, I, I won't be placing a wager either way. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised though if the Ravens do go in there and cover the 10. You already mentioned that the Browns did beat them, and being one of the two teams to do that, that may be a little bit of bulletin board material for the Ravens and a reason for them to get fired up for this one. Um, the Browns coming back from the West Coast and a very disappointing loss to the Cardinals, which is just snowballing, which has been a tremendously disappointing season for the Browns. You know, we could see them lay down similar to what the Colts did against the Saints on uh, Monday night. So, um, no, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens roll over them, but on the road, given 10 points and, you know, the possibility that it does get really ugly and then the Ravens pull off the gas late in the game and it's just too much to risk there. So no play for me, but uh, if I had to pick one, I'd be leaning towards the Ravens giving up the 10. Big, big shocker. You're not a favorite of the double digit favorite. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this all year, folks. All right, so uh, in at the end of this 1 o'clock window, we've got four games that don't have any playoff implications, but there are two games that actually have some draft pick implications. So maybe, uh, you know, we should go over those and see if there's anything there. Um, but let, so, let, yeah, let's do that. Let's go uh, Bengals at Dolphins. I know the Dolphins are one-point favorites there. And then we've also got the Giants at the Redskins. Redskins are two-and-a-half-point favorites there. Obviously, Bengals right now are locked into that number one draft pick position where they could go there and get uh, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, now, Hat, do they, you know, play these last two games? They are winnable games. They've, they're at the Dolphins, and then they've got uh, the game at home uh, against the Browns. So that would be interesting. And then the other one there, too, Giants at Redskins. Both of those teams are 2-3. Uh, in the draft slots right now. So, you know, a win there for the Redskins would certainly uh, put the Giants in a nice position for the number two pick there and go get a uh, Chase Young defensive end out of Ohio State. So with that all, all that information, do you have any, I guess, leans knowing, knowing these things about those teams in these situations? Well, I don't have a, um, a play on any of the games, Okay, but, but we, we, we do have a small angle I'll be watching for on three of them. So let's go ahead. Let's scratch the Giants and Redskins as okay. not being one of those three. Uh, reason being is it's a division game, um, and there's some other uncertainty there. So we'll scratch that one. As for the other ones, Bengals at – I'm sorry. I just want to say, too, there was some talk, too, that the Giants might throw Alex Tanney in there if uh, Daniel Jones isn't ready let Eli Manning go out with that last one at home and uh, have that be his swan song. So, Yeah, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And, and um, yeah, I, we'll scrap that one. But when we go with the Bengals at the Dolphins, the Panthers at the Colts, and the Jaguars at the Falcons, uh, none of these teams, you know, are really playing for any reason to win under other than um, self-motivation, I guess you could say, or – maybe job security. My angle kind of on this is I, I see that whoever would maybe get up early in these games by two scores in any three of them, I'm going to go ahead and 
bet against the hedge betters and press the forward and that the game's turning into blowouts. I think if a team gets down two scores, being at the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Colts, the Jaguars, or the Falcons, I don't see them having much fight in them left um, with this last game before Christmas. So I guess in a nutshell, um, whoever's whoever can get up two scores in the Bengals or the Dolphins, I'm going to ride them to go ahead and showcase a blowout. And the same thing for the Panthers and the Colts and the Jaguars and the Falcons. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in the uh... – you know, that exactly what you just said there in the scenario of the Jaguars at the Falcons being that we saw the Jaguars go into Oakland and win outright when, you know, it seemed like the entire world was on the Raiders last week. So I wonder if that was their, okay, aha moment for the rest of the season. Uh, Jags even fired Tom Coughlin today. So he's out in Jacksonville. So yeah, I I could see that one probably being the, uh, the most likely of the blowouts there. And then, uh, don't forget to, uh, Rookie uh, Will Greer, uh, the former Florida and West Virginia quarterback, going to get the start for the Panthers this week. Yep, exactly. So, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be looking to fight real hard to get back into these games. So, again, I think it would be, you know, even though they're not the same caliber of team, similar to the Saints and the Colts and some other games we saw last week where um, if somebody gets down, they just fold the tents and uh, let the other team – dance and prance and and enjoy their Sunday. So I would expect the same thing that uh, we could get some runaway games here. And if it is runaway, I I would not advise hedging and taking the line value and seeing these games be uh, close down to the wire. I love a little dancing and prancing right before Christmas. Always a (laughs) good time. (laughs) All right, let's get into the four o'clock window here. We've got two games that have playoff implications. The other two, not so much. But uh, let's start it off with that Cowboys-Eagles game. Now, the line started here with, I guess, Dallas favored by three. We saw it come down to two and a half. Now we've got word that Dak Prescott's got a shoulder issue, and that could certainly be something uh, to look out for as we approach kickoff. Um, what uh, what are you thinking on this one with Cowboys-Eagles? Because I'm certain this might be probably the highest bet game of the entire season. Yep, I, I, I agree with you, and um, I locked it in yesterday, so let's go ahead and make this the fourth free oh, play. Oh, boy, it's Christmas, folks. Sold off a half point yesterday and took the Cowboys at minus three, plus 104. Okay. Um, pretty simple logic in this one. Both teams have been, you know, their records show they've been very inconsistent. Uh, the difference for me is the Cowboys do have the capability to really blow the Eagles out with their offense and produce a lot of points. Um, I don't think the Eagles have that capability. Yeah. So pretty much going to just play this one real simple. I'm taking the Cowboys minus three at plus 104. Um I do think that no matter what happens early, the game will tighten up. So my hope is that uh, the Cowboys have a nice, healthy lead at the half. And if that is the case and I'm able to get the Eagles with seven and a half or more, I will take the hedge bet um, and also take the Eagles at plus seven and a half if you know that opportunity presents itself at halftime. Yeah, this Eagles team, man, they've been tough to watch. Now, granted, you know, they, they got it together in the second half there against the Redskins, but, you know, especially with all the injuries that they have at wide receiver, that's that's just a really tough offense to watch right now. So, And until the defense fixes the problems that it has, um, you know, teams are just really exposing them. And, you know, there's I do have some trust in the uh, – 
Jim Schwartz, defense coordinator, to possibly make some some wrinkles and adjustments and stifle this Cowboys offense somewhat early. Um, if he does make those proper adjustments, which I can't even say what they would be, you know, he's a little <laughs> shorthanded. But if that's the case, I still think the Cowboys will be able to be consistent on Sunday uh, offensively and defensively, meaning if there are some um, downtrodden quarter or moments, I think the Cowboys are going to score over 20 points. And I also think the defense is going to be able to get stops against the Eagles. On the flip side, you know, there's a possibility that if this thing gets ugly early, the Eagles just fall apart and uh, get ran out of the house. So we'll see what happens. So uh, for all you fantasy and DFS guys out there, I saw something on ESPN. They were breaking down the uh, the Mari Cooper uh, route tree, basically how, how well that's going to work against the Eagles. And already, you know, since coming to the Cowboys, Mari Cooper's just been an absolute beast uh, in these downfield plays against them. So also something to look out for there. Yeah, we just saw, you know, we just saw the Eagles defense not even look that great against the Redskins. The week before that was the Dolphins and and now you have a Cowboys offense coming in very capable. So, we'll see what happens. Indeed, indeed. All right. Uh, another very interesting game here for the four o'clock slate, and just in general, uh, the Cardinals coming off that money line victory over the uh, Cleveland Browns. They'll be traveling up to Seattle this week, uh, where the Seahawks are a ten-point favorite. We've got a total of fifty-one in this game, which I believe is the highest on the slate. Uh, Looks to be. Yes, it is. So I, I'm pretty interested in the over in that one. I don't know, you know, what your play on this one is, but uh, what do you what are you thinking on this one? Um, I, I don't really have an angle on the side or the total. You know, I can see what you're seeing in the over. Um, I guess I would lean that way as well. My reasoning for not wanting to pull the trigger on it is again, if this Cardinals offense comes out somewhat anemic and Seattle gets up three scores by the third quarter. We can see Pete Carroll kind of pull the plug, uh, start running the ball heavily, getting the skill guys and possibly even Russell Wilson out of the game since they have the 49er game next week. So that's what has me a little bit shy about the under is if Seattle gets up and running too quick and fast in this one, uh, we see the Cardinals kind of um, – not play with a lot of effort on offense and then the Seahawks being more than happy just to burn some clock and punt. So that's the only thing that has me staying off of the over. I hear it. These, uh, these Seahawks, they love to make these home games interesting this season. Uh, looking at it right now, they've had a one point win at home, a six point loss, a one point win, a 14 point loss. That was the one against the Ravens, uh, the overtime victory against the bucks where they won by six. And then of course the, uh, the seven point victory against the Vikings, which, uh, you know, went back and forth for a while there at the end. So, uh, these, uh, these Seahawks, while they have a great record, man, they, they've certainly been doing it in clutch situations for sure. Yeah. And I think that's, it's very similar to the Patriots. It's hard for me to, um, really pull the trigger on the Seahawks whenever they're a bigger favorite. Um, they're well coached and they're playing to win the game. So, you know, some of these close victories were very close games and some of them were, you know, late backdoor covers um, because the coaches are able to, you know, unlike some of the other coaches in the league, they understand clock management and how to win the game. So it's, um, that's why they win so many games. All right. All right. Uh, now we got two two other games left here on the on the four o'clock window. Lions at Broncos, where the Broncos are favored by six and a half. Raiders at Chargers, Chargers favored by six and a half. 
Uh, obviously, none of these games really mean anything to playoff positioning or really draft uh, pick positioning. Uh, do you any interest in either of those? Um, nothing for the for the Lions Broncos. Just really no idea what's going to take place there because of the overall you know state of the teams. Um, but our next free play, and this oh, will be boy. the last one. This is our fifth and last free play. Will come in that Raiders Chargers game yesterday. Uh, sent it out to clients. I sold off um, a half a point and took the Chargers at minus seven plus one zero two. Oh wow! What um what uh what's the angle there that you like? Well, very, very disappointing and deflating home loss for the Raiders in their last game in the Coliseum. Uh, I think that definitely kind of ends their year in regards to, um, you know, trying to prove anything, the you know, psychology of the game. And also they're just too thin at the skill position. Uh, running back Jacobs dropped this week. Trent Brown, uh, the right tackle, ever since he's been injured, the offensive line has just been um, performing well under what they're capable of as a group. And again, the main the main thing here is that there's just no skill positions for the Raiders. I think that Philip Rivers, we spoke of this last week, um, and you know, trying to find an angle against the Minnesota Vikings, which I didn't take the Chargers last week. Same thing this week. I think Philip Rivers shows up just like a young young kid out to prove himself in the NFL. Uh, he does have some weapons at his disposal miserable home loss last week so they got to lick their wounds at home prepare for a Raiders team that I think is just very very deflated and uh, I see them getting run out of um, LA on Sunday interesting all right so that brings us to Sunday night football where we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Chicago Bears now this is a pretty interesting spot for the Chiefs and I want to see if you do you agree with me on this one? But I feel like the Chiefs are going to have the benefit of seeing, number one, what the Patriots do on Saturday, and number two, what the Ravens do in their game early on Sunday. Um, do you, I mean, I obviously I think you know both of us expect the Patriots and the, and the Ravens to win these games outright, but do you feel like that's sort of an advantage to them going into this game? Or, and like, maybe should we wait until... Sunday night to put uh, to put anything down on this, Not, like seeing what the Chiefs' position is. Um, no, I, I think you you are definitely on to something there. Uh, I think it does matter. Um, very similar to what we spoke of before, where if the Texans were to happen to lose on Saturday, you know how motivated does that make the Titans to be um, to be able to clinch the division in the last week? So I, I do think there's an angle here in how the Chiefs perform on Sunday night. I don't really have a, a play on the game. It's a little too early for me because of some of the things that you spoke of. And um, also, I'm just not buying the Bears here. They're playing for nothing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And also, um, Matt Nagy being a, I guess, the pupil, the main the main star pupil recently of Andy Reid. You just wonder um, oh, if there's right. a little inside track that he may have that you know, he helps out his defense a little bit. Um, you know, he does understand maybe not, you know, Andy Reid's playbook, I'm sure, has adapted since those days, but he understands the philosophies of that offense. Now, on the flip side, um, you know, sometimes the teacher doesn't have that same quite advantage because a lot of times, you know, the, the pupil – uh, has added things of his own. So, you know, I don't see this as 
quite the same edge for you know Andy Reid um, looking at Matt Nagy that way. But I do think that Nagy has a, a very good understanding of Andy Reid's offense and, and could possibly give some pointers to the defense. But saying all that to say this, you know, do the Bears even care to show up here on Sunday night um, after last week's loss that pretty much ended their season? Yeah, certainly a tough one there. All right. Let's kick uh well let's kick off let's ra- let's wrap up the week 16 slate uh with the Monday night football matchup probably uh one of the better matchups of the entire season that uh one of the better Monday night matchups we'll see in a while but the Green Bay Packers here at the Minnesota Vikings Vikings actually opened as four point favorites uh we're seeing them now at five and a half at some books right now uh too much for the Vikings to cover at home or this this right where it needs to be. Uh, yeah, I think it's a sharp line. So I, I don't have um, a play on it that I'll be making before the game starts. I don't want to take the Packers right here because I think, or I know, that Minnesota is the more balanced team in all four phases. Run defense, pass defense, run offense, pass offense. They've been very consistent. Um, and what they do and the Packers' inconsistency um, has me not wanting to jump on getting those points. It is a division game. I really don't want to give up more than the uh, home field advantage at three points with the Vikings. Um, so my angle here, I'm going to hang on, maybe hope that the Packers jump off to a you know, 7 nothing, 7-3 first quarter or something like that. And then I'm going to look to jump in um, no later than halftime if I can get the Vikings at minus three or better. Interesting. Yes, I, I mean, this is certainly one that, you know, it means something for sure. You know, and again, both of these teams, it's, you know, it's funny. You know, we just talked about the Chiefs kind of waiting around, seeing what happens to the other folks. But, I mean, you know, this one, this I don't think either team really needs to wait around. They just, they know that they need this one nonetheless. The winner of this one's probably going to have a home playoff game while the loser's probably going to have a road game. So uh, definitely, definitely interesting to see what happens here for sure. Yeah, I just don't like betting against the Vikings at home. And um, again, in this uh, division game against these two teams that already had a game in this year, 21-16, that was played, you know, very close. It's just that I also don't want to give up more than three points on either side. You know, if this was Vikings at Green Bay, I really wouldn't want to give up more than three points um, and also not looking to take the home dog here. So just have to wait and see and try to get some more value. Um not as much as the side, but in a similar way, kind of looking to jump on that over if I could get a deal on there too. So we'll see how it goes. Um, for the over, I just don't really want to get into a higher number than 42. Right now we're sitting at 45. All right. All right. So that was Chris Dawson. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Cash Gritty. Also, make sure you follow Sports Predictor. Uh, there as well at Predictor HQ. Once again, you can find all of Chris's great stuff there on sportspredictor.com as well as the other professional betters that are on the site as well. Uh, any closing thoughts before we head into week 16? No, nope, just want to give a quick rundown of uh, the free plays this week, giving out the whole card basically for Christmas. <laughs> we have the Bucks plus three at minus 102, Rams plus six minus 104, Titans money line plus 125. Chargers minus seven at plus 102, and the Cowboys minus three at plus 104. All right, there you have it, folks. 
We're watching that this weekend for sure. Gonna gonna be a nice. Uh, hopefully everybody got their Christmas shopping done, or at least they can get it done online with that next day delivery. That way you watch all the games this weekend. So uh, good luck to everybody there. And Chris, Merry Christmas. We won't speak until next week. So I uh, hope everything goes well out for you out west. Thanks, Al. Merry Christmas. All right, Merry Christmas to all listeners as well. We'll see you next week. Peace.